People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello boys and girls and welcome back to another episode. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is much appreciated. It is, yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, me and Lee was just talking. Um, thank you to all you guys for coming back, sharing the show. And uh, our our levels or our statistics have gone up over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. yeah, we really appreciate what you guys are doing for us, getting the word out there about this podcast. And that is it. I mean, it's simply just sharing the show. Yeah. You know, that makes totally. a massive difference. So if you can continue to do that, then fantastic. Um Right, I've got a strange ghost story for you today, and it's a very unique ghost story, as it ghost is. stories goes. Um, yeah, it definitely is. You know, and obviously when I get it, I'm going to give you this overview of the story, and then I'm going to put some more details into it. I think that's the best way to do it. But again, you know, thank you very much for those people that have joined Patreon recently, and mm. thank you very much for those people we can't get in touch with because of the way it's set up but thank you very much for the people that have joined Apple subscription yeah. again the people on Apple will notice that you get subscription only episodes dropped into your feed that's Apple subscription you have to sign up monthly just like Patreon but you get the advert free content and all that stuff and mm. another stuff that we're doing I mean we've just released a video a news video that we did but I'll tell you a bit more about that at the end, because I want to get into the story. So yeah, stay you're, tuned you're for itching. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're itching. Itching to go here. Okay, so this takes place in 1985, and I am old enough now to remember this as a kid, being on telly. So there's a show called, I think it was called Outer Limits or something like that, and it had Carol Vorderman as the host. I love Carol uh, Vorderman. Yeah. Um, anyway, she... Like I say, she was presenting the show, and this this was on there. And I remember seeing it as like a kid, and I was just fascinated by the story. I was like, you know, it was it was just a compelling story that you know, I decided to do it today for you, so you can all see if you feel the same way I did. So it starts in Doddleston in England, which is somewhere around Cheshire, um, way on, and it was it takes place like I say, nineteen eighty five. Now, it centres around, the story centres around uh, a BBC microcomputer. And these microcomputers were, realistically, there was the first sort of personal computer that came out, uh, you know, that had a monitor, the keyboard, and you could do stuff on it, you know, word processing, that kind of stuff. It even had a real um, simple but, you know, but effective, a real simple sort of paint. Remember yeah, paint? I remember. You know, paint. had that sort of capability as well. Do you remember Mario paints? Mario? Yeah. You no. remember Mario paints on the N64? Vaguely. Yeah, and you could do I'd, tunes and that and that. I only really remember Goldeneye on the N64. No, yeah, yeah. Well, it was similar to Mario paints, but weren't as... I'm younger than you It was no way near as sophisticated as Mario paints. So if you think Mario paints, it was, you know, it, it, you know, it's very simple. But what it did have is the capability of uh, creative writing, which 
some skeptics will argue that what the events that I'm going to explain are down to the creative writing element of the uh, BBC Micro. Uh, again, it was called a BBC Micro because essentially what happened is um, these computers were funded by the BBC and the idea was that every school should have one. Because it was 1980s and the computers were coming online and personal computers and most jobs were going to incorporate some sort of computer yes. you know into the uh in you know into whatever job you was going that they they decided that kids should have the ability to understand them get to you you know get used to them be able to use them so when they leave school they're going to be you know the first generation that really trying to be get. ahead of their time yeah and so the idea was that every school would get this computer and some schools everyone got one but some schools got more than one depending on you know what they're taught and stuff like depending that. on if you were london or grimsby yeah yeah, yeah. well actually this in cheshire but this did get um, I think that's actually this school actually got free. The story itself centers round Ken, Debbie, and a guy called Nick. All right, and so Ken and Debbie are a couple. All right, and Ken is a I think he was an economics teacher. Nick is a historian uh, by okay. trade, history teacher, and Debbie I think she was some sort of support teacher as well. Ken and Debbie move into uh, an 18th century brick cottage in Doddleston, England, okay, and everything seemed to be, you know, normal. Obviously, the house is old, and it did need a little bit of renovation, as you can imagine. During the renovation of this house, things started to ramp up, so there's a bit of unusual activity. Not uncommon when you start renovating old properties, okay? But the first thing that I noticed when they moved into this cottage was six-toed footprints, all six right. toe. Yeah. So okay. in the dust on the floor, there were six toed footprints. And again, they thought this was some sort of prank left by the original owners of the property. And why you do that, I don't know. But, you know, what else could it be? So then didn't see that as particularly strange. Although it was strange. You know, you know what I mean. Mm. So as I started renovating the house, what happened shortly after that was there was... Um, these again, these footprints along the floor, up the wall, and across the ceiling in one of the bedrooms. And again, you know, we're thinking this is some sort of prank still. Yeah, still thinking this is some sort of prank. So, what obviously they took paint to this, you know, and painted over the footprints and all that. And a few days later, the footprints were back. So, mm. again, you know, strange, but. You know, could it be some residue or whatever? But then poltergeist stuff started happening. All right, so they started having like you know, they came back one day and there was a tin of um, cat food. You no know, tins of cat food all neatly stacked in the kitchen, that kind of stuff. Again, these footprints started to reappear in the dust. Um, you know. Just weird yeah, shit like that. It's a bit strange, you know. And it, but again, you know, when we talk Did about they have a cat, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that'd no, be no, even no, more yeah, weird. yeah. But yeah, so um, we get into the computer side of things now. So the gen- general poltergeist stuff was happening the whole time. This event's what I'm going to tell you about. There was there was general poltergeist activity going on. Okay, so this computer then, so. Ken takes home this uh, BBC Micro, all right, and 
the idea is that he's, you know, say he's an economics teacher, he's going to get used to using it so that he can relay, you know, some of the stuff on it to the kids that he's teaching. So he takes it home. Anyway, him and Debbie have a play around on it, get used to some of the aspects of it. Now, what I should point out before we go any further is that this computer does have an ability to save information, but only on floppy disk. And this is the original floppy disk, you know, the big ones, the actual Not, the yeah. actual floppy disk, yeah. It did have an ability to start, like save information onto a floppy disk, but didn't have any hard drive built in. So there's no way to store information... Uh, well, obviously, I had a hard drive to, for this stuff that was on there, but not a, an extent, you know, not one that you could save to. So you couldn't save directly onto the machine, only right, onto disk, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. So anything that happens on the computer um, from this point forward, once the computer switched off, it's wiped, right? So again, you know, when we talk about skeptics in a bit, blog about some of this. There is actually a book on this, but I'll get into later. But he, he started to um, sort of put it back into the um, psyche, you know, put it back in out there, you know, oh, this story that happened. And mm. that's where a lot of this, what I'm telling you now is coming from. And again, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks as we go. But so, right. So we get to this computer. So he brings this computer home. He has a play around with it. You know, again, it's got this creative uh, writing function on it. And essentially what it was, it was like, um, it was built into the machine and you could like, you could put in a sentence, you could put in like a date uh, a time, a place, all that sort of stuff, and it would sort of build a story around the information that you gave. You gave it, so it was quite, you know, interesting sort of little app, or you know, if you want to call it that. You know, it was quite unique, really. Yeah, it was quite um, sophisticated for its time. So obviously, when we get this, so <laughs> so I explain why that's relevant. So he has a play around with it, and they decide to go to the pub. Right, leaves it on. And they go to the pub. When they get back home from the pub, uh, Debbie noticed that there's a cryptic, misspelled message on the on the screen. All right. And she asks Ken, you know, what you've been working on, you know. And he he look he comes and has a look at it, and he says, "I didn't write this." And she says, "Well, what is it like? Because it was written in old English." And she thought it might be like Shakespeare or something like that. And he, he got a quick read through it and he didn't recognise it as Shakespeare, but, you know, it could have been. So he was like, well, maybe it's something to do with a computer, you know, this creative programme. Yeah. And again, that's why it's sort of relevant. He was like, maybe it's just a computer doing what it does. Anyway, he saved the the message, he saved that and turned the computer off, right? So... Once that's saved to disk, like I say, that you know, disk's out, there's there's nothing on the computer then, so it's reset to blank, yeah? Yeah. So, these messages started to appear off and on for the next few days. And again, they all came through in this old English. I'll give you an example of one of the, the messages that was left on the computer, if you like. So, it said this. True are the nightmares of a person that fears, safe in the bodies of a silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, and you shall grow and sow. The flowers reach so high and withers with burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith, faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. These sort of weird 
Well, that sounds normal. Or almost poetic messages. So he starts printing them off, and it, obviously this sounds like a, a, a poem, okay? Yeah. He, he prints this off, and he takes it to school, and he, this is where he starts talking to Nick about it, and the guy who wrote the, the blog recently. So he says, do you recognize this? Is this Shakespeare? Is this, you know... And he didn't initially recognize it. Being a history teacher, he didn't recognize it. And he, he said, I know, let me go away and see if I can find um, examples, you know, that match this. All right, so he's he's gone away looking at these story, uh, these messages, so to speak. And like I say, one of the first messages that came through, again, it's written in Old English and it is very strangely written, but it... it said this, and then I'll sort of paraphrase it afterwards. It said, I write on behalf of my main what strange words thou speak. Although I must confess, I have also been ill-schooled. Though art a godly man who has a fanciful woman who dwells in my home, I have not once afraid for only sin my half-witted antics have writ a rough mine bond thy been with thy name. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> essentially, obviously, that's written in... A language we don't even it's know. It's old English, yeah. right? So, when he presented this message to, to Nick, the history teacher, he was like, well, this is old English. You know, mm. this is, and this is consistent with Old English. He, you know, obviously knew a bit about it. I think he specialised actually in 16th, 17th literature. So he did know. Oh, yeah, so he knows. He did know a bit about it. Um, essentially, what that said in you know, modern day life, if you like, it said, I write on behalf of many. What strange words you speak. You are a worthy man with a fanciful woman. You live in my house and dwell in my home. The lights which the devil makes. Is a great crime you have stolen my house, and it was signed L.W. Uh, this L.W. turned out later in later message. He revealed his name to be Lucas. All right, um, which isn't really an old English name. Well, it's, it's an old name, but the there's a there's a relevance to that later on. But anyway, as you can imagine, he went away, and this isn't Shakespeare, you know, but. It, Nick wondered whether this was a poltergeist, right? Because obviously, Ken and Debbie are still thinking that this is some sort of prank. Now, I must point out that they did say that other people had access to the house. So although it was their house, I think he had some sort of recording studio, uh, some music studio there, and some friends would come over from time to time and record um, songs and stuff or just instruments, that kind of stuff. But they did have access to the house, and it's possible that they could have come in and stacked up bean, bean cans and all that sort of stuff and, yeah. you know, wrote these messages on there. Now, why they would write them in Old English, um, you, you know, and it really is in Old English. It's not, you know, it's not like modern words mixed in with Old English. This is just seriously all the way through you know, almost impossible to read unless you unless you know what you're looking at, sort yeah. of thing. Well, just to give you an example of what you know, one of the messages there. But um so you know, so like I say, I must point out that other people did have access to the house, okay? But 
obviously they confronted those people. Have you been messing with the computer? And they all said no. Right? Well, I'm just saying. But again, it doesn't really explain the poltergeist activity because we are talking about chairs stood on end and things like that. You know, chairs balanced in the middle of the room on one leg. Very difficult to do. The messages side of things, yeah, all right. I can sort of accept that, that someone could be um, writing that. But like hmm. balancing chairs on ends, things like that, um, is a little bit more, you know, difficult. Yeah, it's not It's not your average thing. No. And as we go on, um, Debbie, because if you know that, if you, if you listen to what that message says, it says... Um, you know, you are a fanciful, uh, you're a wavy man uh, who has a fanciful woman. You live in my house. Now, this... He thinks she's fit. Yeah, this Lucas can actually see her. Yeah. Right? So you can ascertain from that message that he can see this couple in his house. So, it's weird. Mm. You know what I mean? And what happens as the story goes on is that Ken, sorry, Debbie starts to see Lucas. So when she walks into the room, for a split second, she'll see him sitting at, you know, at a desk in the corner, that kind of uh, thing. Mm. Um, so there is this sort of thing. Here. I mean, Nick does point out to Ken, that have you considered that you might have a poltergeist here? Um, and obviously Ken, hadn't, to this point, he still thinks it's some sort of prank. Um, but then, like I said, with all the things that were going on, he he said, well, you know, you might be right. So Ken says to her, sorry, Ken, Nick says to Ken, well, um, write a letter, you know, write a message back. Because at this point, he's just been receiving these messages. Yeah. Right? And not responding to him because why would you? Hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah, you look mad. Yeah. So he says, have you considered actually writing him a, a reply? And he said, well, I can. And he goes home and talks to Debbie about it. And they, Debbie says, yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Let's do it. So what should we write? So he says, well, just ask him. Um, oh, I should point out that uh, in one of the messages earlier, he did say that he was from the 1950s. Uh, sorry, 1550s. Okay, right. which is consistent with Old English. And- yeah. Um, yeah, he said he was on, and they said that they was from 1985. And he was like, you know, what's all this? And, and he talks about this strange box of lights. So obviously, he's, he's writing on a computer, but he thinks it's some sort of devil-made um, mm. box of lights, that's what he calls it. But So they ask him, you know, if you're really from 1560 uh, or whatever he said he was from, who is the king, you know, uh, what's the college that you went to, that kind of stuff. And they get a message back basically saying that the king at the time was Henry VIII and he was 46 year old and he went to um, Jesus College in Oxford um, all this kind of stuff well it turned out that that was all wrong alright Henry VIII was the king at the time but he was I think he said he was 46 he was actually like 56 alright Um and Jesus College wouldn't be founded for another 10 years. So it's 1571 it was actually founded. And so that he, sounds dodgy. He was writing in 19... He said he was writing in 1561. Okay. So it was all right for 19... Sorry, 1571. Yeah, but not for the 15... Not for, ni- for, not for 1561, 
right? right. Okay. So let me just explain that again, because I don't think I do it. I don't know necessarily did a brilliant job of explaining that. So they ask him the question, right? Mm. Who is the king? You're saying it's 1561, right? Who is the king? How, you know, um, and what college did you go to? These sorts of questions. So he comes back with, the king is Henry VIII, he's 46, and I went to Jesus College of Oxford. All those things that he said were consistent with 1571, not 1561. So in 1561, these things didn't exist. Yeah, because you know, Henry he VIII was... 10 years was, younger, yeah. and, you know, and the college hadn't been founded. So when they get this message back, he texts this reply to Nick, the history teacher, and he says, this is what he's come back with. And Nick says, well, that's all uh, wrong. That's false information. You know, the, the school didn't even exist until 71. So mm. if he's writing in 61, how could he know about a school that happened in 71? So they're a little bit more going down the hoax route here now. Even mm. though, like I say, the language is very consistent with old English, they're, they're very much on the, oh, this is someone pulling our leg type thing. Mm. So they go back and write a, a you know another response, basically saying what you've told us is all bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. To which he replies... Well, if you was from 1985, you would know that this this message was a lie, and all these things and this message was wrong. So he was testing them. Right. Okay. All right. So he's saying that he was writing in 1960, 15. Sorry, I keep saying 19. Don't. He said 1561. He was actually writing in 1571. So he was right. he was writing the reply back to him as if he was ten years before. He was, if you know what so I mean. So he was trying to test to see if they out. noticed. They so go, they oh, wow, see, that's amazing. Yeah. Then yeah. they'd be like, ha. You're you not from full, the future because you don't know yeah, you're that, that didn't exist in 1561 sort of thing. So it was almost like he, they was testing him and he was testing them back. Mm. you know. And then so for a little bit after that, the messages were a little bit um, sort of, I don't know what the word is, you know, like um, they were both sort of coming from different, angles now yeah. because there was sort of is he hoaxing us or is he hoaxing us yeah. that kind of thing and there was a message here where he talked about a tiger at the end of the message he talked about this tiger and you know what funny cars you drive and all this stuff well I think he said um, I found a picture of your car but it's a crude thing without a horse it won't go far well, then he talked about this tiger. Well, that tiger was turned out to be this... It was a jaguar. The car was a jag. And so it had, oh. a, ti- so it had a you know a tiger on the front. Um, and he actually had a photograph. And this photograph went missing. This picture of the car actually went missing. Later on, it returns on the kitchen floor with the name Lucas scrolled next to it. So this is where things start to come into our reality. You know, mm. so it's not just on the computer anymore. Things are actually manifesting. Uh, obviously, they picked the the picture up and it just disintegrated, like it was not there. Yeah, so it's like you know, gone between timelines. If you you want to look at it that way, this is pretty mad, anyway. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think you, people listening, you guys yeah. listening, will probably think this is pretty mad, anyway. Yeah. Well, it gets a little bit more strange, okay? Because okay. Lucas writes back, basically saying, you said you was from 1985, but I thought you was from 2109, like the people who brought the box of lights to me. 
So now they're like 2109. So he's communicating with somebody in our future now. This is 1985. So they're communicating with the past, but he's communicating with somebody, you know, in the future. And this 2109 are the people or beings, I should you I should say as you get into this, um, who gave him the box of lights, the computer that he's writing on, and explained to him how to go about it, to write the message. Right, okay. All right. <laughs> Try so, to get your head around that one. Yeah. So now Ken, Debbie, and Nick are like, well, this, obviously, this is mad. So now he's com- communicating with people in our future. Can we communicate through the computer with the people from the future? Right. Basically, they write him a message. They call in 2109... We are 1985. Can you tell us what's going on here? Because hmm. we you know what's going on. Anyway, they got a message back from 2109, and it basically said, I will tell you, but this is kind of what it said. So try to understand that you, have, you free have a purpose that shall, in your life, time, change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts that guidance that will allow room for your destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God. Whatever he is, is. Right? Okay. There were further communications for 2109 that said very much similar things to that. We we can't tell you too much because we can tell you. If you really want to know, we can tell you what's going on. But if we tell you what's going on, it's going to it's gonna mess the timeline up. Right? Yeah. And we've got no control over what's going to happen to you at that point. But, you know, we're not opposed to telling you. But just, just be under- aware of the consequences. Yeah, just under- understand the consequences. 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 And um, I said it in French. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just be aware of the consequences. Just understand that you are part of a bigger mission here. You know, you are part of a bigger plan. Hmm. Um, and just go with it, essentially. Which you could look as a very convenient out if it was a hoax. We don't yeah. have to explain what's going on here, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, now that, that comes into play a little bit later on, but the messages after that seem to take a little bit of a different tone, okay, where they were more scientific-based rather than, you know, this sort of one-on-one communication. They started to be a bit more purposeful about, you know, just do this, don't do this, do as we say, blah, blah, blah. Like, very, like say, scientific, if you like. That yeah. That would be the word. Obviously, these don't. These guys don't know what's going on here. This is above their pay grade, so to speak. So they ask the psychical research. You know, the Society for Psychical Research, um, the Skull Experiments. I think we'll do them. I think we'll do that show again because it's really it's an interesting experiment. Cool. But um, anyway, the, these were asked to come down and then experience the computer haunting before. Um, so they came down. And what they did was they wrote a list of questions. Now, remember, I told you before that nothing can be saved onto the computer itself. Yeah. And it has to be saved onto floppy disk. So, obviously, floppy disk was removed. They wrote a list of questions on the computer. So, the computer is situated in the kitchen. They isolated the kitchen. There's only one way in. The the, the guys from the uh, team sat in there, wrote questions on the screen, uh, left the room for two hours, 
sat in the room adjacent so no one could go in and out the kitchen um they they, they covered the covered the screen so no one could see it you know so if someone was in the room or someone was using a camera mm. that sort of thing remember this is 1985 so you gotta remember what sort of technology is available here but primitive um, yeah so it's not like they've got cctv cameras that kind of stuff yeah but they did everything they could to to limit eliminate anybody sort of looking at that screen okay so they sat outside the the room for a couple of hours left the questions on on the screen went back into the kitchen uh, just one of the guys went back into the kitchen, deleted everything off the screen, okay, and it can't be saved, mm-hmm. and then said, right, if you get a response to the questions that we've asked, let us know. Fully expecting that they wouldn't get a response. I'm assuming they wrote down these. They knew the questions, obviously, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, they asked the questions anyway, they knew. But interestingly, what happened is, <laughs> and, it, you know, I can't really explain this, but a few days later, they got a response on the computer. All right, and he printed and he printed it off, and he took it to him. He said, "You know, does this mean anything to you? Because it made nothing, no sense to them whatsoever." Yeah. Essentially, what twenty one oh nine? It was twenty one oh nine that responded to the to the questions, not uh, Lucas. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, what happened is they responded to the questions, but in the right order, without answering them. Okay. Right. So. The ghost team, as it were, were able to to look at these questions and understand that the questions that they'd asked had been answered, but very vague. So say they'd asked, I don't know, an, an example of um, what planet do you come from? That sort of, that sort of question, which is, you know, is an easy answer, answer, Earth, Mars, whatever, Reticuli, whatever the planet is. So, but they didn't answer it that. They said... Where we come from is not important to you, right? Just to, just imagine that we're everywhere, and every you know, and nowhere yeah. at once. That sort of thing was one of the answers. So we're everywhere and nowhere at once. So it, so it, so it answered the question, but it's not. But it didn't answer the question. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's they're answering in in without sort giving. of like in a riddle. Yeah. But what they did is answer the five questions in the right order. So again, somebody. You know, if it was one of the guys hoaxing this... Um, you wouldn't think they'd get it in the right in order. In the right order. I mean, they wouldn't even know what the questions were. So just to write five responses... And they didn't, they didn't even know how many questions there was. So to write five responses in the right order, not necessarily answering the question, but answering the question, is you're talking billions to one. Yeah. Now, the Cycle Research did a write-up of this case, as you can imagine, and... They still put it down as a hoax, right? They couldn't under they couldn't explain it. The the only thing they could really do was say it must be some sort of hoax. Even to the extent of explaining it down to there must have been a microphone in the room that heard them tap the keys, and from that they deduced what the questions were. Um, I mean that is borderline schizophrenic because yeah, that's almost I don't even think you'd be able to do that. That's not going to happen, is it? No. I mean on a tone. Like a phone, you know, yeah. Phone. That, you can get numbers yeah, off. You that. could understand, but but just banging away at a keyboard. No, not no. Not I'm, having not, that. I'm not having that. So it was almost like they they wanted to explain it because it made no sense. So they just came up with any old rubbish. Yeah, rather than saying which I prefer when people just say, "Look, I don't fucking know what's going on here. I don't know. 
just be honest and say, I don't know. Yeah. Don't start making shit up. That's what does my head in when you start making stuff up to explain it. Uh, if you want to say it's a hoax, fine. Say it's a hoax. But don't start saying because this, this and this when what you're saying doesn't make sense. No, I agree. And there was a further encounter with these where they um, were said to have come back and there was another screen on message for one of the lead investigator. And it, he basically, it, 2109 said to him, you don't believe a sort of thing. Um, ask, ask us a direct question, right? What you want to ask us, and mm. we'll give you the answer. But if it changes the timeline for you, tough. Then it's on you. And you know they said to him, "What well, then? You know, Billy Big Bollocks. Go on. You write back to him. If you don't believe, if you think it's an hoax, right? Ask a question to him. And he couldn't bring himself to do it, which tells me that they. They don't sort believe of knew it was a there hoax. was something going on, but they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> like I say, that's the story in a in a nutshell. But it takes a little bit of a twist towards the end because the communication stopped for a little bit. All right, and then while at the same time they were researching very hard on this Lucas and 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 who lived in that house prior, so they obviously knew that. I mean, he did say things like um, they said, you know, if you are. You no, know, from from the fifteen uh, hundred sort of thing, and that is pretty much when the house was constructed. Mm. Uh, you would know things about the house that maybe we don't know. And he said, "Well, I know it's standing on redstone footings. The, the stones underneath the house that the house was built on were redstone. Now you can't see them stones from above ground, right? The only way down, the only way you can see them stones is if you dig down about three. Uh, it's about two, two and a half foot. So they took a shovel at the corner of the house and dug down." And lo and behold, the house was sitting on red stones. Things like that, you know. Yeah, that seems almost impossible. Yeah, like, again, if it's a hoax, then without taking a shovel and doing stuff like that, how would you know? And again, they went to the lengths of actually proving it. You know, they they wanted to dig down there and see it was sat on slate. Yeah. say, ah, you know, you're full of shit. But they didn't. They actually confirmed. A lot of what he said, they confirmed. And, you know, he talked about, you know, them knocking certain walls down in the house, that sort of stuff, and why have you done this to my house? People from the outside might might have seen him knock these walls down, but generally speaking, it was just, you know... It seems a bit too elaborate for somebody from the outside to be playing a hoax. Yeah, well... It, it, you would, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to prank someone... It's got to be someone within the group. Yeah, if you're yeah, going to prank someone, it, yeah. it's just... That's, to me, but that's again, a little again, you know, the redstone too... thing, you can't really explain that. There's other things you can't explain. Oh, but... I mean, you can get listings and things like that you can get yeah I mean it wouldn't tell you necessarily what it was built on but it used to be a fire he did point that out and that's why he moved there so so they were doing research on him they were doing research on the house who lived there trying to ascertain if it was all true and all that yeah they actually came up with a different name Um, so he was signing off as Lucas Uh, they actually came up with a name of Thomas Howarden or Harden depending on how you want to say it, depending on where you're from. It's actually a Welch name. So the communication stopped about the same time as they discovered this information. Hmm. And reading through the literature, they actually found that this Thomas Howarden was jailed, right, for a few months. And that, and the, you know, I think it was a doom, he was in the Doomsday Book and things like that, but they never really could explain, in the history books, they couldn't explain why he was jailed, right, hmm. just that he was. So communications stop at this point with a computer, and then they get a message, and it was from a guy called Forsyth, but he was the local sheriff at the time, 
All right, and he said, "Look, I've I've got your Lucas or Thomas uh, locked up because he's dabbling in witchcraft. This box in front of me, this box of lights, uh, Boss Limsty called it. That was box of lights in old English. He said is the devil's doing, and he's dabbling in witchcraft. You know that sort of stuff. So I've arrested him. Unless you can explain what's going on here, then I'm going to execute him. Basically, for dabbling in witchcraft. You know, it's a big, big no, no, yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah. So, at the time, they were doing the research. The local ri- librarian who was looking into this forum, he actually he discovered that this sheriff was actually arrested a few years after this incident for plotting against the king. So, what they did, they used that information and said, we're from the future. We know what you're going to do. Mm. You're going to plot against the king. And if you don't release Thomas... We will tell everybody. Yeah, we have the ability to tell everybody what you're, you're going to do, what you're plotting. Obviously, at this point, the sheriff was like, no need to be hasty. We're all friends here, you know. Um, I, I was just messing about when I locked Thomas up. I, I, I'll, I'll go straight down this afternoon and let him out and send him on his way. And I'll give him his box of lights back if you like. <laughs> so, again, the history books don't really explain why he was arrested. But he was just arrested, held briefly for a, a month or so, and then released for, again, no reason. So, is this because of what happened in our timeline? Who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? It's interesting, anyway. But um, So, Thomas starts communicating back with him, right? But he does say, look, I'm going to have to move on from Cheshire because a lot of people around here don't trust me anymore. He was actually thrown out of the college, the the church, he was actually a monk originally. He was actually thrown out of the church because he wouldn't denounce the Pope. Henry VIII wanted him to denounce the Pope. That normally got your head on a spike. Yeah, uh, and he wouldn't. He just wouldn't delete his name from the textbooks and things like that. So he left the church, and that's why he ended up on this farm. Um, you know, that was the, you know, the backstory of it all. But he said, look, people around this area don't trust me anymore because they think I've been into witchcraft or I've got some connection with God that they don't understand through this box of lights, that sort of stuff. Um, he said, I'm going to have to move on, you know, for, for my sanity and that. So he said, I won't mm. communicate with you any further. He said, but um, I have been instructed by 2109 to write a book telling the tale of what's going on here. And this book, when it's found in your time, will change the course of events of history forever yeah you know this 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 is what this all has been about it, you know it'll change the way we think about laws of physics and stuff like that so this book essentially is buried somewhere you know it's hidden somewhere and 2109 told him where to hide it or whatever but it's it's buried somewhere and the the idea is that eventually and the uh, ken is still because a lot of people say, ah, this is bullshit and all that. And he said, look, I'm not going to say whether it's bullshit or not. But if that book turns up, or not if, but when, uh, in his words, when that book turns up, then I'm going to be vilified. You know, you're going to, you, there's no one going to be able it to. It does sound, it, see, now, to me, it sounds bollocks. Yeah. Because it just sounds, it sounds too far-fetched. But there's lots of but research. It doesn't seem, that. yeah, it's. Well, if you told me the story without going into the detail, look at this. Look at this. Look at this message here. Uh, you know, try and read that. 
Have you have you read this one? Out? No, I haven't read it because oh, I mean okay. you can't read that. It's ridiculous. Mine fiend pay what strange future art thou? I am confused. Confused Yeah, oh yeah, you can't read it out properly. Yeah be me ye be me thinks goodly, but yawa lessings against me much. Thou say thou live, but thy's thy's us not so. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you lived, you would say me now, not of mine Jesus College, mine college be brazen nose, from whence I be expelled. For not expelling, oh, expunging thy name of thy pope if you note devise unto me then i must make end to mine words with you thy world cause me much despair yeah so some of them i've changed because you can change them into english well i'll put this picture of this message on the facebook group so people can actually read it yeah see if someone can read that better than me (laughs) not necessarily read it just look at the way it's written again to decipher that now obviously there's some aspects of that we can you know obviously i've told you but we know he was expelled from that you know from the college for not Mm. you know deleting the, the name of the Pope and stuff like that. We can sort of ascertain that from that message. But if you look at the way that's written, and there's 250 messages like this. So imagine someone writing that. Now, someone to, to write that sort of shit would have to have a real good understanding of Old English for a start. Now, scholars and that, will, will when they look at this, will say it's grammatically wrong. So he's got so many verbs in front of, you know, so-and-so weird and blah, blah, and all this sort of stuff. That's not necessarily right. People wouldn't say, I do in them days. You know, people would say, dos, have, you know, that sort of yeah. shit. Um, so, so, Picky bastards, basically. Yeah, but they basically said that, you know, but then other people said, well, that is actually consistent with the language from the, the, the border region of Wales and England. Yeah, the other thing with sort that, of two languages mixed into one. But the thing is... To actually just, even attempt to write like that... And bearing in mind, mm. I'm history trained. Mm. Or, you know, I've got my degree. And when you look at, I, I can't even read that. No. And I know well, old that's, English. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, that if if you think it's a hoax, right? Even Nick points out the historic the historian teacher in, in the in this. Even he says that it took him weeks sometimes to decipher these messages. Oh yeah. So you imagine writing them, and there's 250 of them. Yeah. And they're coming through like bang, 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 bang. You know, sometimes a couple of days or, you know, two a week or whatever. Unless they've got it all planned, ready. That's what he said. Unless this was all planned out in front. But then remember, you've got to have access to the house. There is no internet. Yeah. You know, these 1981 computers, there was no internet. There was no, you know, you had to physically type onto that machine. So... Unless it was someone within the group, and Nick, you know, Nick, uh, there's an interview, I think it's on the Outer Limits, actually, where he says, you know, I, he said, I can't rule out that it was one of the others doing it. He said, I know it wasn't me doing it, but I can't rule out that it was Debbie or Ken. Yeah. But to do this sort of stuff, 
to have an understanding of the language the way they do to write these messages, he said, is is it's virtually impossible. Is, yeah, it's it's unlikely. Let's say, uh, and again, like you said, he could then they could have had all this writ out before to start it, but again, you know, there's still a lot of. It seems very unlikely to uh, be the case. Yeah, the only the only thing on this I will say in closing is that the house itself was situated on a ley line. You know, which is you know well known. I would for like paranormal. I would like to do an episode, if like just purely on ley lines, mm. like the reasoning behind them, what they actually mean. Because I, until listening to this podcast and until obviously joining you, I had no idea what they even were. And I wonder if any, there's other people in. That. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that might. I mean, I know it's not obviously a, as. I think this is more of a gripping story, um, but it might be... No, ley lines would be very interesting. I'm sure people would be interested to uh, know more about them. But yeah, that's the story in a nutshell. There is a book called The Vertical Plate, because 2109 actually said their society, if you like, was called... They live and work and operate on the vertical plane. That's where I lose the story. For me, I think I I can almost buy that this guy is trapped in this period in history where he can see a yeah, different you, timeline. I mean, you wouldn't have a guy in 1551 with a computer, though, would you? So he had to get the computer no, from but somewhere. If, if he can physically manifest the room, that computer could have just been sat on a... T- you know, they might have had... Um, a table in exactly the same yeah, place. Yeah, you mean or... like he comes back into our time and yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you if it, the way it reads, it sounds like he's got one himself. Well, it could be the same one. It could be the same one. Yeah, which should probably but... make it more realistic. But yeah, I mean... I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's it's a really strange story. It it, it almost seems it either it's completely made up. Mm-hmm. And none of this ever happened, and it's a really good story that someone's decided to write down and create, yeah. like a, a Slender Man type story, you know, like a just made up the story. It's either that or it's real. Mm-hmm. To me, it can't be a 50 If this was 100% written by. Well, let's do it then. Those two. Let's do it. Do you. Do you, and we'll ask the listeners to get involved as well. Yeah. They can tell us, but we'll do some sort of poll on Facebook or whatever. But do you think this is a real happening? I'm not going to say ghost story because he, he was actually living when this was going on. So he, the timelines are, mm. you know, are happening at the same time, aren't they? So he's not a ghost. If it's written by the man, uh, Kenan. What was his wife's name? Debbie. Debbie. If it's written by Ken, then yes, I believe it's real. If it's written by a third party, i.e. someone who's heard no, the story... No, written by Ken. The, the vertical yes. plane is written by Ken. Then yes. This this blog that I was talking about was written by Nick. But again, there were other people that saw this as well. Yeah, then and, yeah, I do. And the messages appeared when people were out of town and stuff like that. That, so, yeah, it can't be explained. So if to it was me. someone, someone in the group, it must be more than one person in the group because again, the message is wrapping him when certain people are away for certain periods of time. So, um, and again, you know, the house mm. was all locked up. They did think at the beginning that someone had broken into the house and done this, but again, nothing was taken. But it doesn't explain the poltergeist activity. 
you know. No. You have these these chairs and things stacked up, so. Yeah, I mean, that's almost, I mean, it, like I said, if, if he we'll has. We have to go with a yes and no here. So is it really a true story or is it not? Yes or no? I'm going to go yes. I think there's a lot, there's too much to it for me to say no, but I'm going to go yes. What do you reckon? Do you know, oh, I'm sorry, I can't just... Uh, there is no 50-50. There's no 50-50. No. I'm going to, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think I think it seems to, there's too much information for it not to be. I think so. Yeah. But again, I'll, you know, I'll get the listeners, they can decide. Um, we know fuck all, so you guys can decide. Get on Facebook and we'll put a poll up and yeah, and you can tell us. Um, so on the day this episode drops, the poll will be up. So if you go across the Facebook now, I suppose you'll be able to do that. But yeah, just before just before we go, yeah, I wanted to point out that we did do a video. Uh, apparently, like we're doing the news segment again, and we did it as a video so that we could play the videos that we're talking about as we're talking about them. Obviously, that makes it easy for you guys to see it. You don't have to go and find it. It's there, you know, you can watch it as we're doing the live podcast. But unfortunately, our host uh, doesn't allow us to upload a video, no, which is bizarre. So we are looking at different hosts at the minute. But that won't affect, you know, what you guys Yeah, know, it won't affect it, it won't affect you at all. But, but, you know, that will give us the ability to do that. But in the meantime, that video is available on our YouTube channel. Um, and again, it's like a test run, see how things go. And if you guys like it, we'll do more. And we'll probably do them quite often, I would say. Um, yeah, little short things, just you know, news articles that we see that are interesting, and we'll do so. Go across to YouTube, check it out. It's actually on TikTok as well. Yes, um, but it's on the Absolute Poppycock. Yeah, TikTok, innit? Yeah, you need to change the name on that. I think. Yeah, because we haven't got the Bizarre Tales one on there, have we? So, uh, it's on. So, if you want to go check it out on um, t- TikTok, you'll have to search Absolute Poppycock. That's where it is. Yeah. And if you want to check it out on YouTube, then that's Ibs Bizarre, Bizarre Tales podcast. Yeah. Uh, again, if it's on, put the links on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, you've got the links there. But you know, check it out. See what you think. If you think it's a good idea, you want us to do more. We've got. You know, we will be doing more anyway. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing more. If and- you want us to do them, you know, pretty regular. And if you've got, if you want to specify a time, you know, you'd you know, you want them to be ten minutes long. You want them to be five minutes long. You want them to be fifteen minutes long. Whatever. Um, we can do that. The idea is that these will be times when you sat waiting you know yeah you, you know you've got a re- you've got a reason to sit there and watch your phone you know you could be having a poo for instance i know mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I know a lot of people use the phone when they're watching so you might want a five minute one but um you know stuff like that. i mean you might be sat in a wait- doctor's waiting room or whatever you know wherever you are you've got five minutes to kill this is something you can watch for five minutes yeah and hopefully have a laugh and you'll see the video so if you think if you think it's a good idea you want us to do more then please get in touch on Facebook or supernaturalpod at gmail.com. But that being said, um, again, let us know what you think of the story. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what people think about it. Yes or no? Yeah, yes or no. What but, do you um, think? I think most people go yes on this. I, like I said, with it being written by him, unless he's a creative writer and, the thing and did- he's made the entire thing up, if he's made it up completely then it's a good story plus there's too much information there and the the 
clips and snippets and photos of yeah. the actual and the history did check out as well. Yeah, I just can't. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm qualified historian, and to actually, even I'm not that good on dates and knowing colleges. And it's bearing just... in mind, in the 1980s, he didn't have Google. No, no, to go. Oh, no, that's what I mean. The you know, it's was, not. I think there was the internet, but these computers no. weren't connected to the internet. So yeah, uh, 88, I think the internet. No, there was yeah. some sort of invented sort by of the Scottish. Well. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, oh yeah. Just just before I go here, I just wanted to point out that because we're dropping so many episodes so quickly, uh, you know, on top of each other, yes. so to speak, that uh, the way iTunes and things is set up in a minute, especially if you're listening on, on like uh, Amazon Music or Spotify, those sorts of things, and you're just calling up the the latest show, mm. you might not notice that you yeah a lot of people are missing shows, so we notice that when we drop. Sound two in a week clown, yeah you'll you'll get the latest episode you don't get necessarily the 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 yeah. you know so episode 11 i think sandown the sandown clown obviously we dropped two shows that day so a lot of people haven't actually um didn't know it's there yeah i didn't know it was there so if you go back episode 11 sandown clown if you obviously if you listen to it then then you don't have then to you've obviously heard it yeah. but most people yeah if you look we, at the numbers most people haven't I haven't heard that one because it's the way the way it fell. Yeah, so, so go back and just, always double check see if we've dropped an extra episode. If we do that, we'll we'll try and let you know. Yeah. So we'll have to try and say like you know this is episode seventeen or whatever, and then you'll guy you guys will know then. Yeah. You know if you've heard if you heard eleven now it's seventeen you've obviously missed a few that sort of thing. So yeah, just so bear that in mind if anyone didn't know. Yeah. Um, hopefully that helps. So, that being said, we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. (laughs) 